Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you're having a wonderful Sunday and that this is helping to set you up for a really good week. Now, I want you to remember that every week we send out an email and it's packed with inspiration and resources to help you become the best version of you. So all you have to do is sign up at the link in my bio um, and just go to CynthiaHyatt.com and click on that and you can absolutely be given every week the, you know, the, the latest email that we have. And I've also created a free workbook and it's called How to Be Your Own Change Agent. And it really provides deep insights into what may be holding you back, and it empowers you to make some major shifts in your life. And so I want you to grab a copy of that as well, and you can get that from the link in my bio. So I'm so glad that you're joining me today, and thank you always for all of your just participation in social media and letting people know what we're doing here and how it can help them. I appreciate that tremendously. So today we are going to talk about this concept of do you know what you need? Now, I know that might sound um, on the outset like, well, of course we know what we need. Food, water, shelter, clothing. Yeah, these are basic needs. But do you know what you individually uniquely need? And do you understand the difference between a need and a want? So if we are to talk about just basic human, basic human needs, we know that food, water, sleep, shelter are imperative. If you don't have those, you won't survive for long. And so then we also need a sense of belonging. We need to feel like we belong somewhere, that people see us, that they know us. We also need to have purpose. There has to be a purpose to live. Like, what, why are we here? What's the point of it all? And we also need commitment and acceptance from others as well as from ourselves. So we need to commit to ourselves and accept ourselves. And, and I remi remind you and myself all the time, acceptance does not always mean agreement, right? But there's a lot of things I can accept and hope that it will change and do everything I can to get something to change. But in the meantime, I need to accept it. 
because that way I don't overcomplicate it. So we also have to have a purpose to live. You know, really, why are we here? And then when we think about this, we need God. This is a really, really imperative need. It's similar to if we were to say we have a whole bunch of orphaned children here on this planet because they have no father. This is why we really need God. And one of the most amazing things about God is he is very unique. He's very humble. He's kind. He's loving. He's funny because he has told me some jokes. I mean, it is, he is pretty funny. But he really wants relationship with you. And he's the one that created you. He knows you to the inmost parts of your being. He knows you down to the atom, the, the atomic level. And he loves you. So let's think about this. Do you know what you need? And do you mix up needs and wants? So let's ask this. Do I need to be liked? Well, that, that's kind of, that, that's a tough one. In some ways, yes. In other ways, no. Do I want to be liked? Probably, yes. But needing to be liked, if I always need to be liked, I'm going to have a hard time taking stands for my own value system, my own moral code, my own opinions. But if I want to be liked, well, that's different. I can want that. But what if I change who I am because I so much want you to like me. So do I need to be loved? Well, yes, we do know that love is imperative. Love is absolutely imperative. And we're not always getting good love from the people that we think love us. So one of the ways that we want to make sure that we are operating out of the healthiest part of ourselves is that we first love ourselves. And loving the unlovable, right? We've done a show on that before about loving the unlovable that I'm so much better at loving other people than I am myself. And that's common, very common. So we do need to be loved. That is a, a tenet of all mammals. Do I need to be respected? Well, I'm not sure. I think if I'm having a relationship with someone... I may need to feel more respected. I know that one of men's greatest needs is feeling respected. And that doesn't necessarily mean I respect everything they do. But I don't roll my eyes at them and huff and puff and ignore them and do all kinds of things that are highly disrespectful because I know that for them, that cuts very deeply. So how about this? Have you ever heard the saying, you need what you need? Well, I think there's some truth to that. Sometimes, though, I may have to look at what I am categorizing as a need because it may be that I just want what I want, right? Versus I need what I need. So meeting your own needs, how do you do that? Are you working on that? Have you thought about that? Do you know someone that's really good at meeting their own needs? Because you see, what happens to us many times if we didn't get our needs met when we were children, we kind of feel like we don't deserve to have our needs met. So we're always just hoping that somebody will do it. We're afraid to ask for it. We're afraid to require it. Maybe we even think we shouldn't need it. But that's where we go back to, you need what you need. So we know that humans need water. 
Humans need shelter. Humans need clothing for the most part. Humans need to be seen. They need to have a purpose. So what happens if I'm not meeting my own needs? Well, I usually become needy. And I end up being so needy that I might try to do the inverse and say, but now I don't want anything. I'm so tired of needing something that I don't get, that I don't get. I'm never going to want it again. I don't want anything and I don't need anything. Well, what happens? Then everything turns into something that I need and want. And I become insatiable, which means that nothing is really giving me what I need and I'm not getting anything I really want. So when we think about unmet needs, what are some unmet needs that you have in your life? You're an adult. So in the adult life, what are unmet needs? How about just your internal home, where you live inside of you? Is it a kind place? Is it a safe place to be inside of you? Is it warm? Is it helpful? Supportive? Or are you one of those people that says, I just want to unzip myself and get out. I don't want to be in here anymore. This is a miserable place to live inside of myself. So we need to be kinder and gentler. And we need to have you find the adult in you that helps you do life. Instead of sending the inner child out into the world all the time, hoping that that little kid will be okay. So we need to be that adult. So how about we sometimes maybe turn a want into a need? And we can get pretty compelling, can't we? When we're selling somebody on what we want, when actually, you know, we, we just, we don't really need it, but we want it. So we're wanting to convince people that it's a need and not a want. Now, I did that a lot when I was a teenager. I, t- I was very convincing at, at some point with my parents about what I really wanted because I turned it into a need. I said, I need this. I need a car. I need to be able to go to the party. I need to be able, you know, to wear this outfit. (laughs) So, you know, it's learning that, well, that's maybe a want. I'm not sure if you really need that. So what happens when we refuse to meet our own needs? Well, we start to decompensate. We start to also become needier. And we become more difficult to interact with. We also start to hate ourselves. Because if I won't meet my own needs, it's abandoning. It's rejecting. It's mean. And it's giving me this message that I'm not worth anything. So we have to be really aware of what's going on if we're refusing to give ourselves just what we need. We're not talking about wants here. We're talking about need, sleep, food. Water, shelter, clothing, understanding, acceptance. So what happens if if we're expecting others to meet all of our needs and wants? So we're saying, you know, I, I just don't feel like I'm allowed to need anything or want anything, so I'm just hoping people give it to me because I'm too afraid to ask for it. Well, that's going to be a very childlike relationship. So what if I'm expecting them to do that? Maybe I was spoiled when I was a child. And my parents thought they were somehow doing me a favor. 
And I end up going out into the adult world as a spoiled little child that nobody's actually wanting to be around because I'm too difficult. So let's think about this. What about needs in extreme? See, we can need water. But do I need perfect water bottled from, I don't know, Italy or something? So do we do needs in extreme? And does it cause me maybe more anxiousness, more immaturity, more, I'm, I get more competitive? And, and these extreme needs, right, many times cause me to need complete fairness. Now, if you've ever listened to any of the shows I've done, you know we've talked about the fairness doctrine. There's no such thing. So what we want to think about as we're going into that next segment, do I have what I need? Do I know how to get what I need? I need what I need. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. And thank you so much for taking the time just to, you know, interact and to listen and to learn and to really make sure that you are working on being the best version of you. So we're talking about needs today, the difference between needs and wants. And do you know what you need? And sometimes we mix up a want and a need. And the younger we are, the more we have a tendency to do that. I mean, I wanted, I wanted, wanted to get my ears pierced when I was in junior high, when I was in eighth grade, or everybody else was, and I, I really presented it to my parents as a need. I need to have this. I need this. I can't go around school without pierced ears. That really was a need. I mean, it wasn't a need. It was a want. And so when you think about this, I want you to be able to discern between a want and a need. Because for Americans, somehow, typically, we will give ourselves all kinds of things we want, but we don't give ourselves what we need. So I want you to understand what are basic human needs? Food, water, sleep, shelter, a sense of belonging, the need to be seen, a purpose to live, commitment and acceptance from others and from ourselves, and we need God. So we really want to make sure that we are differentiating between a need and a want. And the reason this is so important is when I know the distinction between a need and a want, you know what happens? The more I meet my needs, the less I want. And the less I'm upset if I don't get what I want. But if I'm not meeting my own needs, I become really upset when I don't receive what I want. So we want to be the best parent and caregiver. Be the best parent and caregiver that you have ever needed. Figure that out. Learn. What would it be like if, if I really was my own child? How would I treat her? How would I treat him? What would I expect? How much patience would I have? How much forgiveness? How much deference? How much time would I give myself? So the result of meeting your own needs actually gives you so much more confidence, increased energy, you end up having more appropriate expectations, you have less anxiety, you have increased feelings of self-worth, you're more respected, 
And you will also be a more forgiving person and a more giving person. See, because what's happening is you're giving out of the overflow, not of the deficit. See, if I won't meet any of my own needs, then I'm going to need to find them outside of myself. And that, we know, is childlike. So people that are infirmed, people that are elderly, people that are injured, harmed, hurt, whatever that may be, they do need us to care for them. But those of us that our lives are working, we still need to care for ourselves. So that if famine comes, if fire comes, if earthquakes come, right, if war comes, we're going to be in a better position to get through that hard season. And we will have more to offer others that may need more. So when we are not that person, we become one of those people that withhold a lot, that keeps score, that maybe falls into what we call performance-oriented behavior. So I'm going to think if I perfectly perform, then I will get what I need. Jesus perfectly performed, and what did he get? <laughs> he was killed. So we can't, we can't be dangling that in front of ourselves, thinking that if I just do everything perfectly, then I'll be happy, then I'll be loved, then I'll be wanted, then I'll be popular, whatever it is. So if you don't know what you need, and or you don't want to meet your own needs, then guess what will happen? You'll have more physical problems. You'll struggle to find calm. And this is going to result in people wanting to avoid you because they're tired of trying to meet your needs. They're going to be less generous with time and compassion and understanding and respect. In order to help you, and th the feeling of them being more generous and forgiving towards you is going to lessen. Most likely, if that's the case, you may not have been cared for as a child in the way that made sense to you. So we need to take time to know people in order to know what they need. This goes for us individually as well. So a, a really good podcast for you to listen to that we have done before is Take Good Care of You. Look up that title or Take Care of the One He Loves. Taking Good Care of You. This is imperative because when I'm taking care of me, the wants that I have don't have to be immediately given to me. I can wait because I'm already feeling okay. I'm not trying to get things outside of myself in order to feel good inside of myself. This is what little children do. They have to have their external world good so that they can somehow absorb that and learn how to take it with them everywhere they go. So whenever I'm working with people that have been harmed, abused, come from very, very dysfunctional family systems, they have a very difficult time not looking for all of their needs outside of themselves and thinking that there's somebody out there that's going to meet those needs if they'll just wait long enough. Instead of recognizing the more that I meet my own needs, the less I need, for one, and actually, the more attractive I am to people, they want to actually give me more things. So it's kind of strange, but I know that you know it's true. So let's think about this. What's the difference between needs and wants? Well, we all know that economics is, you know, it's a social science. 
And it deals with what? Production, distribution, consumption, all kinds of functions. It's all about making choices regarding, you know, the allocation of resources, you know, so as to make their best possible use and satisfy human wants and needs. So in economics, we often go through the terms needs and wants, but have you ever wondered about their differences? See, the, the, the um, advertising world is constantly weighing and measuring needs and wants. It's saying, how much can we give them what they want without putting a bunch of stuff that they don't need in it? They're not really interested in giving us all of what we need. How about, don't, haven't you noticed that they, they turn a need into a want, or they'll make a want be a need. I'm sure you've heard your friends and family, and especially when we're kids, we need, we need that. I need that shirt, Mom. I need those shoes. I need to be allowed to wear makeup. I need these things. Actually, they're wants. But if we don't know the difference between them, we're going to get very confused in how to actually take care of ourselves. So wants refer to something which is good to have, but not necessarily essential to survival. And that's what we want to think about. A need has everything to do with, am I going to make it to the next minute? Am I going to make it to the next week, the next month, the next year? Do I have enough of what I need to be able to get to the end of my life, to be able to finish this job, to follow through with whatever I've been asked to do? So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we really talk about the definition of needs and wants. Well, thank you for tuning in today. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. And this is the third segment, so if you're just tuning in, make sure you go to your favorite podcast server, and you can download all the shows. It's just called Conversations with Cynthia. We have so many of them, and they are on pretty much all the, your favorite podcast servers. So I want to encourage you to really take advantage of that. So we're talking today about, do you know what you need? And do you know the difference between a need and a want? And so we talked about basic human needs. Food, water, sleep, shelter, sense of belonging, need to be seen, a purpose of, of life, commitment to myself and acceptance from others, and God. These are needs. And we don't do well if we don't have those being met. So when we think about this idea of the difference between a want and a need, let's think about this. By the term needs, we mean those things that require what is absolutely necessary for a human being to live a healthy life, or to even live, actually. And so they're personal, they're psychological, they're cultural, they're social, and they're important for the organism to survive. So in ancient times, the three basic needs of man were food, clothing, shelter. But as time kept going, we started to, to put in education was a necessary need. Health care became integral as, as improving the quality of life. 
So they are a person's first priority as they are the things that keep us healthy and safe. So therefore, if the needs aren't satisfied in time, it might result in illness. I don't know, even an inability to function or even death. So we, when we say we need what we need, we have to make sure that we're understanding that the need will always end in some type of catastrophic situation or death if I don't get that need. So we can emotionally feel like we really need a car. I cried really hard when I was in college. I wanted to take my car with me, and I didn't know if my parents were going to let me, and I thought I would die without my car. So we do need what we need, but we also have to take the emotional state that we're in, and we have to understand our age, and we have to understand if I don't get that need met, the only way to prove it's a need is if I won't live. Now, I may live poorly for months and years even without getting a need met, but it will, it will increase probably the, the, that I will die. That, that's what it does when we don't give what we need. So it may take a long time, but we need to take seriously the needs that people have. And so when we think about what wants are, See, this is usually defined as something that a person would like to possess, either immediately or maybe later in life. Simply put, wants are the desires that cause business activities to produce all kinds of products and services, and, and the higher the demand, the more they will, will rise to the occasion. So they're basically optional. An individual is going to survive even if not satisfied with all those, what they think they're needing, their wants. So wants may vary from person to person and from time to time. So we see maybe what people in the 1900s, right, what they needed. Do we need that in, the, in 2000, 2022 at this point? A lot of things, like think about water. You can get water pretty much anywhere. That wasn't the case in other generations. So when we look at the difference between needs and wants, we understand that wants of an individual cannot be met easily. And if they can't, they will seek other alternatives. So you see, it isn't just, I need water. For the person that's having a want, it's I need this type of water. I need it at this temperature. And so when we think about the difference between the needs and the wants, it's noteworthy to see the difference between them because this really has a lot to do with our well-being, has a lot to do with how we enjoy our life. See, if I make every want a need, or if I ignore my needs so that I can get what I want, the want isn't going to satisfy the need. So individuals are limited, while his wants and needs are unlimited. Think about that. We're all limited, but our wanting, <laughs> that's unlimited. And so we're always wanting something different. We always wish what we didn't have. We want to add to the comfort of our life. We want to add to whatever it is that makes us more desirable. We want to um, have what, what our neighbor has. We want to have the first thing before anybody else gets it whatever that may be. 
So join me in the next segment as we talk more about Do You Know What You Need? Well, good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. Make sure you go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. have lots of really great things for you. Every week we do um, a worksheet and, and an update, and, every, and we also have a, a book that is called Be Your Own Best Change Agent that helps you really make the changes in your life that will really give you more of the life that you are wanting to have. So we're talking about this idea of needs, and do you actually know what you need? Do you mix up needs and wants? Do you think a want is a need? And maybe a need, you think, ah, it's just a want. And so it's important to understand the difference between needs and wants and how important it is to know how to manage them. So I'm sure that you've heard about this idea of surviving and thriving. And you've probably heard of Maslow. And he has come up with this phenomenal thing that we all study in, in school. And it's called Maslow's Five Levels of Human Need, or, the, or Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. And so what do people really need when they're going to reach their full potential and to thrive? So in the case of someone experiencing homelessness, they first need to have them, their most basic human needs met reliably every day. And so Abraham Maslow said human beings' physio physiological needs for things like food, water, clothing, shelter, sleep, and companionship must be satisfied in order for them to address the more complex needs like mental health needs, physical health needs, relationships, maybe sobriety, maybe long-term housing. What about, and maybe employment, so that there's a meaning and purpose to life. So when we look at these hierarchy of needs, this was, this was developed by him in 1943. And explaining those five levels, let, let's think about this idea. See, most homeless people are seeking to achieve their physiological needs, and that's the search for food, clothing, shelter, and it's the priority above everything else. Now, if they're a drug addict, that becomes a bigger priority than even their health. So physiological needs, food, water, clothing, sleep, these are the necessities for any human when it comes to survival. So for many people, these basic needs cannot be met without the aid of maybe charitable organizations. So maybe a reliable place to receive a meal can be what's needed for a person to focus on trying to get their higher needs met. So I want you to think about this second one, safety and security. See, we don't need safety and security if we die because we don't have our basic human needs. So safety and security becomes really important for the person that is finally meeting those real basic needs because now that I've got those basic needs met, I want to make sure that I keep getting those needs met. So they want for order and maybe predictability. And they, there are many barriers that may prevent people experiencing homelessness from finding jobs and security and building a stable social network. 
They probably have substance abuse, trauma, PTSD, maybe other physical or mental health issues. And so this, this next step, this one from this bottom part of getting my physiological needs met to safety and security is a big leap. And many of us really take this for granted. But see, if I don't have the ability to take care of myself, if I'm not having enough safety and security to relax, then I can't get the next need met, which is so very important for all mammals. That's love and belonging. See, what happens many times, we get homeless people off the street and a place to live, but they can't figure out how to make connections with healthy people as well. And they might fall back into a lower level of interacting and living. So love and belonging is very, very important to keep us making sure that those first two needs are met. See, when we have really close relationships, when we have attachments to people, then what happens is we are more determined to meet the physiological needs and the safety and security needs. And I go back to that movie, you know, of the, the prisoner that had his best friend was a mouse. And the thing that got him through that prison camp was that he had a pet. And that gave him a sense of family and a sense of safety and security. And so when we get to the love and belonging, if the people are fed, housed, and cared for, the hope is that change will then happen internally. See, now we're going from the outside in. And we're going to be then working on esteem. Are they on their own side? Do they care about themselves? Are they willing to work to get their needs met? Not just steal or hope. So gaining confidence and the respect of others, that's an important step because that's going to help them get to a place of employment. And so when, when you know, other organizations are offering these, these elements for homeless people, the hardest part is getting that person that has been homeless to actually believe that they in and of themselves have the ability to keep this going. That it isn't just happenstance that they are getting out of homelessness. And it's important that we show them, here's the steps that you've done. And, and I do this with many of my clients. They say, yeah, it really is different. I didn't even realize how much I was changing until I changed. And I will say to them, remember when you first saw me? This is what we were working on. And remember how hard that concept was and how much support you needed to make that particular change. And all of a sudden, here you are. You're actually feeling good about yourself. You feel like you are worth something. You now have the, the energy and the ability to say no to someone, to say, hey, you can't treat me that way, or no, you can't talk to me that way. See, when the person knows that they have value and that they have then esteem, they have a better chance of getting external respect given to them because they start respecting themselves. And so the last one that Maslow has, has created is called what's called self-actualization. And many Americans are, are here in self-actualization, and in many countries they wouldn't even know what that was like. 
So this is all, that's, this is this need to have a purposeful life. See, there's nothing more rewarding than feeling like you've reached some potentials, the height of some potential. And so this step looks different for, for everyone, but it's really about opening their eyes to what the possibilities are. And I do this many times in my office when, when clients have worked through so many hurts or upsets or letdowns or maybe they had a moral failing or they had a substance or, or, or some type of an addiction going on. And they are finally able to say, wow, I really might be able to do this. And their eyes are open to the possibilities that life now has for them that was completely unavailable to them when they first came to see me. And so this is why we want to think about the, one of the most important things for people, especially in America, because we are most likely having food and shelter, clothing, water, jobs, and we have probably a group that we interact with and friends of some kind. So one of the things that I work with clients about is being an emotionally healthy person. Because see, if we have all these other stair steps in place and we've accomplished them, then the way to stay there and not fall back down to another level is to be emotionally healthy because this secures relationships. And this is super important because relationships are so very important and needed for the health of any mammal ever. So when you have relationships that you know you can count on, even if they're maybe strained, even if you've gotten in a fight with somebody, the more that humans attach and have people attached to them, the healthier they're going to be. So what is an emotionally healthy person? Well, it's, it's a person that does not, for some conscious reason, hurt himself or others with his actions or his words. On the contrary, this person likes to help himself and others through his actions and his words. And so an emotionally healthy person has a sense of freedom of choice. They know they have choices. And the emotionally healthy person wants to choose well because they don't want their choices to harm other people. So this is also a person that's able to delay gratification and able to sacrifice and say no to themselves in the current day to make sure they're going to get to the future goal. That's important. That's an adult. That's an adult way of thinking that I can delay gratification because I have a bigger thing I'm working toward. Something that's very important to me, but it's going to take time. So in the meantime, I need to keep doing what I'm doing and making my life work so that I can get to where my goal is set. And so this person is also one who's able to evaluate and validate their own emotional reality. So he or she is attuned to himself and to others and is able to experience the full realm of his or her emotions as well as tolerating and validating others. Now, we've talked a lot about that. That's, that's the boundary issue. So this person is able to delay gratification. This is a huge indicator of adulthood, that I can delay gratification, that I can see that vision out in the future, and I can, I can actually withhold certain things from me in this day, knowing that it's going to get me where I want to be. 
So this person all also has that ability to evaluate and validate their own emotional reality. This means I'm not like an infant or a toddler or teenager who can't have their feeling alone, who needs to have other people tell them that it's going to be okay all the time and that their feelings are, are acceptable and that they understand why they have that feeling. See, an adult can validate themselves and say, I know myself well enough to know why that bothered me. I know why that bothered me so much. And so this is where we have, they're able to give themselves fully in deep and lasting relationships. And they take interest in constructive and challenging aspects of life. And they accept themselves unconditionally. This doesn't mean that if I accept myself unconditionally, I agree with whatever it is. Remember, acceptance doesn't always mean agreement. So this is where we want to think about this person that is healthy, self-actualized, is committed to a principle that's higher than themselves, such as faith in God or a cause. That this motivates them to continue working on being that emotionally healthy person. They unconditionally accept themselves as well as fellow human beings. And this benefits all of mankind because this gives us all energy to keep trying and not to give up, to know that we're mistake-making people, but we're actually phenomenal humans and that there's a reason that we are here. And the most important thing we can do is really walk out the, the life and love that we can give people that is totally unique to us. A lot of people can be loved, but nobody can be loved like the way I love. And I can't get love from, from others in the only way that they would give it to me. So it's a unique exchange of love and admiration and support. So I want you to be committed to this. And I want you to recognize for yourself the difference between a want and a need and how compelling they are and which one you are going to be moved by. Have a great week. Can't wait to talk to you next week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version. <laughs>